This is the Concealed Carry Podcast, Season 4, Episode 5. And welcome to the Concealed Carry Podcast, part of the ConcealedCarry.com network, brought to you by Excess Sites. Today is Friday, October 22nd, 2021, as of the recording of this episode, and I am your host, Riley Bowman. I'm joined today by our producer, Matthew Marister. Hello, hello. What's up, man? Hey, dude. Glad to have you back. Is, Kinda... is, it, is it hoodie weather or what? Oh, is... yeah. It's, it's it's getting there. It's the October, Ohio. You know, we're, we're getting into fall, and I like it, man. Yeah. I mean, I got my hoodie. You've got your hoodie. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. <clears throat> For some people that... That means that they will uh, sometimes carry a different gun because they can conceal things a little bit more easily. I don't really change my my carry setup much at all because I pretty much always carry more or less a full-size gun these days. But for some of you, you're like, yes, I can pull out the big gun. So <laughs> good, good for you. Uh, although, uh, you know, tell you what, with some further education and trial and error and practice uh, and the right equipment you can learn to carry just about anything no matter what you're wearing obviously some exceptions apply but hey guys that's not what today's about today's actually a legislative updates episode that's where we bring to you some of the latest legislative news from around the country uh, partly just as a public service if you will to let you know about things that are going on things that are changing things that have been passed or are looking at being passed because this stuff is important folks uh these these things impact our second amendment uh and and have various uh i mean it could be greater restrictions or but we also cover things that uh are greater you know freedoms so today unfortunately a lot of uh things that we'd prefer not to see. There's some good news, though, on the, on the docket as well, including some good news out of Wisconsin and South, South Carolina, uh, but lesser good news out of California and North Carolina. So, and well, Ohio, too, is included in this lineup today. So, guys, stick around. And if you're not from a state that, uh, you know, we're... We, if we're not talking about issues that impact you directly today, I would still encourage you to stick around and listen because these things, number one, could affect you because you may travel to one of these states at some point, or probably more importantly, is kind of getting a look into what the anti-gunners are trying to do right now. Okay, They're constantly busy, constantly working against the Second Amendment all around the country at all sorts of levels local levels, city levels, county levels, state levels, the federal level. And a lot of times seeing what's going on in this state or that state or this city or that county gives us some insight into where might the next attack be on our Second Amendment freedoms. So stick around, listen, hopefully you'll enjoy the show. Today's episode is brought to you by a couple of sponsors. One of them is a new sponsor for us. So I'm excited to announce to you that we have now Elite Survival Systems as our newest sponsor of the podcast. Elite Survival Systems has been around a long time. I've been familiar and a user of their products for a while now. Uh, I have been really impressed 
with their backpacks in particular. They got some really cool packs out there. Um, one ba backpack that I have, it's actually just sitting right here on the other side of my desk, is the Guardian backpack, which is a great little bag. In fact, I think some of our Guardian Nation members uh, cashed in on a, on a on a voucher that was included in a Guardian Nation member's gear box uh, that was sent out. A, it's been a while ago now. And you, and that voucher was, I believe, from what I recall, enough to get the Guardian backpack. So a lot of you may have already have the Guardian backpack. It's a quality item. Uh, it's got uh, lots of pockets. You know, it's got a, a, a place to store uh, your laptop and other electronic devices. It's got great organization, and then also has. And here's the key: uh, the a lot of and a lot of their packs have some sort of concealment feature for a firearm of sorts. The Guardian has uh, pockets for uh, a pistol, okay? So, and they also make uh, like holster type products that incorporate into th these bags. So you can get one of their elite survival systems uh, uh, holsters that will mount via Velcro inside the bag for transporting your, your pistol. They also got some other great packs, including ones that are great for storing th items like rifles and short barreled, uh, rifles or pistols and that kind of thing as well. So, <clears throat> um, here's the cool, other cool things about elite survival systems and why we're proud to have them on board as a sponsor of the podcast. Uh, they make most of their products in the USA. Okay. Not everything, but most of them they do. And I can totally understand and respect that. They have a lifetime guarantee, which is awesome. Uh, they have tons of interesting and unique concepts. I'll tell you one thing I learned about them too recently. They have sleeping bags. I was like, what? I didn't know that. I think I may have to try one of their sleeping bags just to see what that's all about. Uh, they were the first company to produce nylon weapon cases in 1979. Did not know no, that. No. Learned that recently. Pretty interesting. And don't just survive, thrive is is the motto that they live by. And so, guys, visit EliteSurvival.com to shop today. Today's episode, other episode sponsor is CCW Safe, a sponsor you guys are should be well familiar with. <clears throat> I mentioned a while back that I just had recently renewed again my ultimate membership with CCW Safe. I'm holding up my ultimate member coin there, which is pretty cool. Um, guys, I am a big, big believer in the mission that CCW Safe is out to accomplish uh, because they truly understand what people go through if they have to draw and use their gun in self-defense because most of the executive team at CCW Safe has at some point in their own lives and careers been involved in shootings. Many of them have investigated shootings. In, from from all sorts of angles, both as law enforcement as well as working for prosecutors' offices, and also working uh, as just as general investigators. So, CCW Safe they understand the process. They have literal experts, okay, world class experts in self defense law that advise them and work for them and are part of their response team. All right. And that's one of the big things. They actually have a team that in the worst cases will immediately mobilize, will drop everything at the drop of a hat and will come to you in the event you need their services Having after you've unfortunately been involved in a self-defense shooting of some kind. 
I actually don't know of any other of the companies out there that will do that very thing. That will actually hop on a plane, hop in their cars, whatever, and immediately dispatch to come and assist you. Okay, And they'll bring with them that wealth of experience and knowledge of how to handle these kind of situations and make sure that you get the best legal representation. So guys, consider joining CCW safe today, go to their website, ccwsafe.com. Use the coupon code CC podcast to save 10% off a membership today. Okay. And guardian nation members, make sure you log into the, to your members dashboard area. So you can pull up the, uh, the discount code that exists only for members, Guardian Nation members, which is 20%. All right. So guys, appreciate your support of our sponsors. Again, we're so excited to have Elite Survival Systems on board now. And CCW Safe, of course, been a longtime supporter of the podcast now. And we're we're so very proud of that uh, relationship. Let's get into our news stories. <clears throat> Matthew, I'm going to let you talk about the first one because this one is from your your home state. Yeah, yeah. And, and Gordon, you're you're watching right now. I saw your, your name pop up on the on the chat here, but uh, this is talking about Senate Bill 185 in Ohio. Um, it passed 23 to seven. Uh, basically, what this is is it is limiting the um, the governor's powers to declare an emergency and then strip away your right to uh, go and purchase a firearm during that emergency declaration. So um, if this were to go into effect, basically um, it just preserves, it doesn't change any rights. It doesn't grant any other rights. It just uh, constrains the, uh, the government's ability to, uh, to infringe on your rights based off of a declaration like uh, what we just had with the, uh, with the pandemic when they, when they declared uh, it was a national emergency and they started locking things down. Um, we didn't in Ohio have um, gun stores added to that list. I think they gave exceptions to certain businesses that were deemed as essential. Um, but this wouldn't, would clear that up and not have any uh, room of doubt of what is essential and uh, your, your right to be able to go purchase a firearm and self-protection and, and things like that are essential, regardless of what the governor at that time might think. So hopefully this gets codified and, uh, and it amends the Constitution and, you know, or, um, or you know, the, the, the law goes into effect. And, uh, but right now it's just past the Senate, so we'll see where it goes. But. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So it just, it just seems that this is specifically calling out that gun related businesses cannot be restricted in mm-hmm. pandemic quarantine type, you know, emergency declarations. So, you know, like you said, not really adding any like specific rights or freeing things up, but, but specifically uh, putting framework in place to prevent gun gun businesses from being shut down. And I actually just saw this, Matthew, uh, we, we hadn't planned on discussing this and don't plan to, you know, spend a lot of time on it, but it just, it was there in the related stories to the one we just talked about. And it sounds like this probably was passed around the exact same time, passed likely by the exact same uh, party line vote. Uh, the Ohio Senate passes a bill blocking cities from limiting concealed knife carry. Mm-hmm. So this was also passed and uh, allows Ohioans to carry an array of concealed non-firearm weapons like butterfly knives, switchblades, spring blades, and billy clubs. Uh, so pretty interesting. It's, 
Senate Bill 156 is intended to preempt uh, local jurisdictions from being able to uh, uh, prohibit those types of things from being carried concealed. Yeah. And our, I, I don't know how it is. I mean, knife laws across the states are wide, very widely. And and we didn't have any preemption law in Ohio as far as knives are concerned. But uh, our knife laws were actually more restrictive than the gun laws here. And so I know that that's probably similar in a lot of states um, where, you know, your, your concealed handgun license or your concealed carry license doesn't apply to, you know, any of those other type of concealed weapons and then uh you know especially if there's not any uh, uh a- any clear-cut answers on that you can get yourself in hot hot water going to different jurisdictions and stuff so hopefully these types of things um get clear clarified yeah absolutely well cool good news out of ohio we'll see if that moves its way through the house and ultimately to the governor's desk now on to north carolina Pitt County commissioners finalized move prohibiting concealed handguns on county property. I think this is a very unfortunate story, uh, mm. and I'll explain why. So this this happened just uh, a few days ago. Uh, there were two motions sitting on the county commissioner's desk, if you will. Uh, they have eight county commissioners, and it says here that uh, – the first option was to not make any changes to existing ordinance and would continue allowing those who have a concealed carry license to carry a gun on county property and prohibit the carrying of deadly weapons into county buildings. Uh, that's kind of confusing. Those with a concealed carry license to carry a gun on county property. I Just not inside, um, inside the I buildings. Guess. I guess that's what that's saying. Right. Uh, so it sounds like the one motion was to continue allowing the current policy, if you will. Uh, that motion failed in a five to three vote. The second option, which passed in a five to three vote, that basically tells you where <laughs> you know the lines are drawn you know, with respect to these uh, various commissioners. This one prohibits concealed handguns on county property. One of the commissioners says they surveyed county employees and the overwhelming majority. Okay, again, this is the people actually are working for the county, working in the county's buildings, working on county property. The overwhelming majority of them were in favor of allowing concealed handguns on county property. Mm -hmm. And about 300 people, which is not insignificant. I don't know what the population of Pitt County is, but to get 300 people to sign petitions for things on a county level for most counties is probably a you know fairly good number. Uh, 300 people petitioned for the county not to change the ordinance. However, the vote went forward and uh, the, the, the majority of the county commissioners voting voted to prohibit concealed handguns of county property. Mm-hmm. I, that's what I think is unfortunate because that's just a sign of it's a sign of our leaders, okay, on a county level here, not listening to those that the rules they're proposing actually impact. Because you have county employees that, according to a survey, saw no issue here, okay? Mm -hmm. You have a significant number of people in the county of actual constituents saying, we don't want to see this ordinance change. But yet, the commissioners don't, don't listen to those people, who are the people they should be listening to, right? So that's what I think is unfortunate about this. 
uh, because this is this is politics, being polit- being political, doing their thing, because these are people that view themselves as being in power and they get to make the rules. Yeah. And we see this all the time, of course. This yeah. is why it's so important that we got to make sure that we are heard, our voices are heard, and that we hold our elected officials accountable. Because, boy, I'll tell you what, if I was a, if I lived in Pitt County or if I worked for the county, I'd be making my voice heard. And I'd be making sure that they know that, you know what, this will be remembered the next time you're up for re-election. Because that's, that's what accountability is about. You pass laws without listening to the people that those laws affect. Well, by golly, you, you may not be in that seat the next time around. Yeah. And speaking of elected officials, uh, the mayor of Neosho, Missouri, uh, is with us watching on Facebook. William Joseph Paul Dubeck, thanks, sir. Uh, you're a Vietnam veteran. Um, and we appreciate your, uh, your service. Thank you. Very cool. Yeah. Thanks for being a part of this broadcast today, William. Uh, I hope that things are going very well for your city there. I was just in Missouri a few days ago. I got to look that up. Neo show. Neo, Neo show. Maybe. I don't know. I'm not good at pronouncing weird names. Maybe, maybe I got it wrong. So, um, Neo show. N E O S H O. I'm, I'm, I'm looking that up, dude. Cause I, I just drove mostly. I stuck to I 70, you know, coming through. Uh, okay. Down South of Joplin. Got it. Got it. I passed up through that way a couple of years ago. Um, and, and went from Fayetteville up through that. Oh, that's right. I remember, I remember that now Neo show this time. I actually went through uh, Kansas city or to St. Louis and then c- continue on down to Alabama and, and, and uh, Georgia. I'm way back through. I came through Memphis, little rock, but then I turned straight North and went up through, uh, um, through the middle part there of Northern Arkansas and up through Branson, Springfield, Missouri. So I missed you barely. Mm. All right. Welcome. Uh, Let's move on to 2021 Senate Bill 516 out of Wisconsin. Matthew, tell us what's going on with this one. Yeah. So this is going, this is a uh, Senate bill that would, if uh, it goes through, makes it into law, would just change um, the concealed carry laws in Wisconsin to recognize any valid permit from any other state. So there wouldn't be any confusion of reciprocity or anything. You have a valid permit in any state. Uh, you go to Wisconsin, you're good to go. Uh, so all this does, not a huge earth shattering move for, for Wisconsin, you know, especially people in Wisconsin. Um, but, um, you know, for those traveling to Wisconsin, I don't know, Packers games, whatever you guys are going to Wisconsin for fishing, um, you know, you'd be able to carry your firearm. Yeah, this is awesome, you know, because I think this is how I think this is how all states should handle reciprocity. You have a permit to carry concealed. I, by golly, I think you should honor it. Um, and so the verbiage is that they're actually taking out some things of their statute and just simply saying that uh, if you have an out of state uh, um, concealed carry license or permit that that's issued by another state. All right. Then, then it, it that's essentially valid. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm trying to actually scroll, scroll through the actual verbiage of it here. And, you know, sometimes these things are kind of tricky to read, but I think what you said, Matthew is pretty much spot on. Yeah. So uh, really, really exciting thing to see out of Wisconsin. 
I wish more states would do that, including states like another one that we're going to talk about that actually added states to its reciprocity list here recently. I just wish they would take it a step further. We'll get to that one here in a minute. So exciting news for those of you out of Wisconsin, um, hopefully, or those of you that may visit or frequent Wisconsin on a regular basis. Uh, We see a few states like that that are kind of funny. Sometimes they even seem like they're arbitrary in terms of how they apply their reciprocity conditions, if you will, or criteria, uh, where some states will honor a certain state and then, but they don't honor another state. And it's kind of like, well, why? You know, because it it just, there seems to be no rhyme or reason. Other states have very specific criteria uh, as to why they honor or don't honor certain states. Sometimes that has to do with training requirements. But anyway, uh, be pretty interesting to see what happens with this one. So uh, if you are in Wisconsin, we encourage you to reach out to contact your representatives and your senators, your state senators, and make sure that they hear your support for this bill. And Gordon on Facebook says, unfortunately, we can't get to Wisconsin without going through Illinois from here. Well, here's the good news, Gordon. I just, I've dealt with this a couple of times now. I actually just drove through the southern part of Illinois last week on my way down to uh, to go shoot at the USPSA Nationals. And uh, as long as you are, as long as you remain within your vehicle, you can carry, you can carry your gun or have your gun with you. So, um, you know, I, I crossed, you know, the one thing I did do is, is I made sure that I had all the fuel and everything I needed to, uh, to make it through the part of Illinois I was traversing and then away I went, I, I drove right through. And actually, it's been a while since I've been to that part of Illinois. And I think the last time I've been through there was like in the dark. And I was like, yeah, it's kind of pretty out here, you know. It's just too bad that it's the way it is with respect to gun laws uh, as dictated by politicians in Chicago and Cook County. So uh, I enjoyed my my drive through there. But it was very short-lived because I, I didn't want to have to stop. Now, if you had to stop, you just need to unload and lock up your farm. Okay. So... Anyway, um, so not too, not as big a deal as maybe what you would think, Gordon. Um, not my favorite thing to go through Illinois, but it's not not the end of the world if you have to. So let's go now to California. We have two updates out of California. The first one is that Governor Newsom signs legislation adding more restrictions to gun shows. This according to the NRA ILA. Uh, by the way, guys, uh, all of the things we're covering today, there are links to various news stories or in some cases, like in the case of that Wisconsin one we just covered, link t- directly to the the page on the state website where that bill language is and, and updates relating to that bill is posted. So those links are in the show notes of today's episode. So uh, access the show notes so that you can... Um, uh, so you can go ahead and pull up these new stories and various links for yourself so you can read this if you'd like to. Uh, but that's that's important to us. We you know we talk about things and we make sure we have a source for those things and and we share what those sources are so that you can vet those things for yourself. And if you don't know how to access the show notes, well, hit us up, send us and write us a message, podcast at concealedcarry.com. We'll do our best to help you. Although for most podcast-related apps, it's not too terribly difficult. Um, Senate Bill Senate Bill 264 out of California 
prohibits officers, employees, operators, lessees, or licensees of the 32nd District Agricultural Association from entering into any agreement to allow for the sale of any firearm, firearm parts, or ammunition on property or buildings that comprise the Orange County Fair and Event Center or properties in Orange County and Costa Mesa that are owned, leased, operated, or occupied by the district. This imposes a one-size-fits-all restriction to prevent officials from deciding how to use venues. In addition, this prevents businesses from renting taxpayer-funded venues for lawful activities. So again, this was this was passed, and it was recently signed by Governor Gavin Newsom into law, meaning gun shows are now restricted in Orange County, mm-hmm. at least in county or 32nd district uh, operated facilities. Yeah. It, it, this started, um, I remember Del Mar Fair um, when I lived out in California. Uh, there was, it was like a, a fairgrounds that they'd always have gun shows there. And I think um, it started with that. That there's a, I, I know we covered it several, several times. Uh, in one of these legislative uh, updates, but, uh, but yeah, now it's, you know, moving a little bit North. Um, I, I, it's unfortunate. I know Mark, he, he's one of the faithful listeners. It's always uh, here on Facebook and giving comments. Um, but uh, yeah, he says gun shows are restricted at exactly one venue. Um, yeah. So unfortunately, um yeah. Uh, that that that, that is what's so frustrating about stuff like this is th- this is a lawful activity mm-hmm. you know to to hold a gun show like there's nothing illegal about that um but yet you know they they got to attack us in some way so we got to prohibit we got to basically remove the locations where people might be able to hold gun shows and thereby restrict their ability to hold gun shows. Cause we don't like gun shows. Gun shows bad, mm-hmm. yeah. even though they're completely legal and lawful. So, you know, as it's not as if there aren't already a ton of laws in California as it is regarding background checks for firearm sales. Okay. Or even now ammunition sales. Right. So, yeah, so uh, here quoting, I, I believe this is Mark in the Facebook group. The bill has justifications, but not a single reference to an illegal gun being sold at that venue. They cite generally to gun shows across the, the across the nation. Yes, yeah. spot on. Yeah, that's exactly the point. That, that's what I'm saying is like there's there's laws in place. Like you're not going to see guns sold illegally at these at, at gun shows like this one. Uh, there's already stuff in place that regulates that. So there's there's no point to this other than. We don't like gun shows. We're going to find a way to keep them from happening. That's it. Yeah. It's unfortunate. Really sad news. Also out of California, registration period open for firearms considered other assault weapons. Matthew, why don't you cover this one for us? Yeah, this was uh, a law passed uh, in California in 2020. Um, says, uh, let me find the date, September 1st, 2020. Um, which changed the definition of assault weapon or added, and then de- changed the definition. It added another uh, delineation for other, in quotation mark, assault weapons uh, that needed to be registered in California. And it goes on to kind of clarify what they um, define as other assault weapons. 
Um, the reason why it's in the, the, the law was passed in 2020. The reason why it's relevant now is because the um, registration period is now open for those in California that have one of these firearms that are now defined as other assault weapon and need to be uh, registered or modified and turned in or, or turned in. Um, the period will run from October 1st, 2021 through December 31st, 2021. Um, those who wish to remain in lawful possession of those covered firearms without making any modifications to remove them from the covered category. Um, and there's a link that they can use to, um, to uh, get more information. But in general, I'll just read you the quick overview and then you guys can go to the show notes and get this. Um, a semi-automatic center-fired firearm that is not a rifle, pistol, or shotgun that does not have a fixed magazine but has any one of the following. So it only needs one of these criteria to meet uh, meet this definition. A pistol grip that protrudes conspicuously beneath the action of the weapon, a thumbhole stock, a folding or telescoping stock, a grenade launcher or flare launcher, a flash suppressor, forward pistol grip, a threaded barrel capable of accepting a flash suppressor, forward hand grip or silencer, a second hand grip, a shroud that is attached to or partially or completely encircles the barrel that allows the bearer to fire the weapon without burning the bearer's hand, except a slide that encloses the barrel. The capacity to accept a detachable magazine at the same location, at some location outside of the pistol grip. A, and then it goes on, a semi-automatic center-fired firearm that is not a rifle, pistol, shotgun, that has a fixed magazine with the capacity to accept more than 10 rounds. And finally, a semi-automatic center-fired firearm that is not a rifle, pistol, or shotgun, that has an overall length of less than 30 inches. So there you have it. No, I covered that quite quickly, but all those things, if you have one of those things on your firearm, uh, it now meets the criteria of other assault weapon. Basically, this is their attempt to try to capture all <laughs> AR style firearms mm -hmm. to make sure that people get them all registered. That's what this is. So they want to see and make sure that all of those are registered throughout the entire state. So they know who has what. And my, my heart feels for you Californians, for you freedom-loving, gun-owning, Second Amendment-believing Californians, because this, is, this has gotten out of hand. Um, if for any reason they decide at some point to pass a law that involves the removal of these weapons from people confiscation, etc. cetera. Uh, they'll know exactly who has what and where to find it. Yep. It's unfortunate. That's the, that's, that's the next point. It's the only reason for registration to exist in the first place is to know who has what. So, yep. South Carolina now honors four new states concealed carry permits. Matthew Marister actually wrote this article <laughs> on concealedcarry.com. But I'm going to talk about it. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> uh, so this this recently, actually, th these took place back in September. Um, but uh, we didn't, you know, we didn't cover this in September. We didn't have a legislative updates episode. So we're, we're just now getting around to uh, sharing this info with you. Now, South Carolina, first of all. Okay. And I was there just a few months ago. And I love South Carolina. 
and I know they are freedom loving red blooded Americans, but they have some weird laws regarding guns, mostly concealed carry related and open carry related stuff. Um, and I say that because they do have a fairly rigorous process for obtaining a concealed carry uh, permit in terms of training compared to other Southern uh, uh, states. Uh, they don't honor a lot of other states' permits. So this is actually huge news that they now are uh, honoring permits from the states of Delaware, Illinois, Iowa, and Maryland. Now, what's curious about that is that I don't know for sure about Iowa, but I know that Delaware, Illinois, and Maryland all have very rigorous processes for obtaining permits in those respective states. So this, this is where it aligns more or less with South Carolina's state law enforcement division, also referred to as SLED, uh, that largely regulates these procedures and policies in, in the state of South Carolina. And so SLED basically says, okay, here's what you got to have training-wise to get a permit. Well, these other states, like Illinois, for instance, you got to do two days of training just to get a concealed carry permit. I don't know the specifics about Maryland, but I know it's painful and lengthy and also costly. I don't know a ton about Delaware, but I just know that it's a little bit more, you know, this, these aren't, these aren't um, Second Amendment loving states, generally speaking. So Iowa, again, I don't, I don't know as much about Iowa there, but Anyway, interesting thing to note, but either way, I'm happy to see that South Carolina is at least opening the door to honoring more permits, but it is not uncommon for many of you listening to this podcast that if you check your reciprocity, you'll see every other state in the South honoring your permits and not South Carolina. And I have just always found that interesting, very interesting. (laughs) So, and, and the people there, like I said, are proud, proud Second Amendment supporting folk, largely and generally, but uh, just some interesting things with how they approach concealed carry permits anyway, and concealed carry in general. So, if you're from Delaware, Illinois, Iowa, Maryland, well, congrats. You can now travel to South Carolina and carry concealed legally. Yeah. When I was there, I, I technically could not. So... Yeah, and, and William in the in the comments, uh, he says I was an open carry no permit state. Um, and th- it brings up a, an interesting point. I'll just point it out while we have a couple extra seconds because you know um, we didn't go in too many crazy tangent rabbit holes. But um, <laughs> <laughs> but um, it, it it does t- you know when a state has uh, constitutional carry or permitless carry or you know however they they want to phrase that um, there are some reasons to get a permit sometimes, right? Like, and I understand the, the, the negative of like, Hey, I don't want to, if I have constitutional care in my state, I don't want to go and put my name on a list. I get it. Um, but there are reasons to maintain those concealed carry permit, um, programs for the States for situations like this, where, um, you know, you can carry in a state that accepts a valid, you know, um, uh, concealed carry license. And if you don't have one and you just carry constitution, open carry in your own state, you don't have a permit, then you have issues when you go to another state. So uh, I just thought I'd throw that out there. Cause it's a, uh, it's a good comment by William. 
Um, that's news to me that it's an open carry, no permit state, because I bl- I was under the impression that open carry is allowed only with permit in Iowa. But I mean, I may need to double check into that. Yeah. So anyway, uh, but yes, you're right, Matthew, as far as like, there's good reasons why even in constitutional carry states, and to my knowledge, most pretty much every state that in recent history has become constitutional carry still maintains some form of a permit or a permitting process so that you can obtain a state issued or county issued concealed carry permit, which is important if you're going to travel outside of that state a lot of times Mm -hmm. until we see nationwide constitutional carry, which is unlikely to occur at least anytime soon. It's a good idea to have a permit so that you, I mean, I just, I just did a road trip this last week, uh, Colorado, all the way out to Georgia and Alabama and all the way back. And I covered, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten states in that trip. And I could carry in every single one of them except for Illinois. All and I already talked about how I could still technically carry because I just stayed in my vehicle as I drove through Illinois. So I never once removed my gun for my person. So it was, it was important. Now if I had, had to tr- uh, if if I had to go to South Carolina as part of that I would have been hosed because I, I can't carry concealed in South Carolina. But all the states I visited, which were pretty much all states in the South, or almost all of them were in the South, um, very, very, you know, Second Amendment friendly, concealed carry friendly, con- uh, recipro- reciprocity friendly in terms of they honored my permit. So anyway, good idea to have permits. Right so, guys, that brings us uh, to towards the conclusion here today's episode. Uh, not a ton here to cover today. Not a ton of legislative news, even necessarily. Uh, things are pretty quiet on the f- on the national level side of things right now. But I, you know, I, don't don't get don't get relaxed by that. Okay, I promise you, there's going to be more pushing for gun restrictions and gun rights restrictions here in the next year. I mean, it just is inevitable, especially with the makeup of the current house Senate and the presidency in our, in our, uh, in our nation here. Yeah, we yeah. have some, some huge uh, cases going up before the Supreme court here yeah. in, in the near future. So we'll be, I anticipate by next month, we'll be hopefully uh, we'll have some, at least some sort of an update on some of that. I mean, we're not going to, we're not going to get final rulings on those mm-hmm. uh, high profile cases, but, uh, you know, we'll at least be able to hopefully have somewhat of an update on them. Um, the uh, New York case is going before the Supreme Court. What is that, the beginning of November, Matthew? I th- yeah, I was just going to mention, I think it's November 3rd uh, mm-hmm. when they start um, the argument. So Yeah. So really important stuff happening here in the relatively near future, uh, at least on the on the judicial side. Um, again, don't let your guard down guys. Uh, and it's, we're getting close to the holiday season. Things t- tend to tend to quiet down, but then we're going to be right back at it where, you know, right from the, the first of the year, that's when things get hot and heavy in terms of a lot of the new legislation being proposed, uh, both on the good side and the not so good side. We, we need to be active. We need to be vocal. We need to be involved on both supporting pro two a legislation and making sure that we're heard on anti-2A uh, legislation. So right. anyway, 
Just want to put that reminder out there to not let your guards down. Keep working after it, guys. Keep talking to your legislators and other representatives. Uh, and as we saw, things can happen and change really quickly, even in a county like Pitt County in North Carolina. So make sure you're paying attention to things and being involved and talking to those that represent you, even on a local level. It's really, really, really important. Mm-hmm. Today's episode, again, sponsored, brought to you by Elite Survival Systems, our new sponsor, also CCW Safe. Again, you can visit both of those sponsor websites at elitesurvival.com and ccwsafe.com. And we would be remiss if we didn't let you know who was the winner of our weekly podcast prize, our giveaway. Uh, This week, we were giving away a Shall Not Be Infringed t-shirt. It's a great shirt. I think it's certainly appropriate based on the content of today's episode. So, uh, guys, if you if you're not aware, once a week we we roll out. I mean, it's a rotating door, as I like to say. Each each week the giveaway resets. So you want to make sure you're signing up each week if you want to make sure you're included at, for the uh, drawing. Okay, so you got to go to concealedcarry.com forward slash podcast prize to sign up each week. Okay, so make sure you're doing that once a week, and then you'll have the chance to win a great prize. This week, again, giving away a Shall Not Be Infringed t-shirt. Matthew, who is our lucky winner of that t-shirt this week? The lucky winner is Matthew, last name D. Matthew, last name D. Um, Check your email. You'll be getting an email from me. And if you end up winning, you don't have to be listening here to win, just in case you guys are wondering, uh, if you're here in the podcast, you don't have to be listening, but you have 72 hours from the time you get the email. So if you are entering these giveaways, just monitor your email. Um, Google seems to hate my email address and always sends it to sp- spam for people. So make sure you're checking that. Um, I'll email you and uh, you just got get get with me in 72 hours and we'll get you out your prize. Awesome. Congratulations, Matthew D. Glad you specified that his last name starts with D and not M. Mm, right, right. Because I was starting to wonder if you <laughs> snuck your name in there somehow. <laughs> Guys, next week we're giving away a Legal Boundaries by State book. Uh, this is, we just recently rolled out a new, uh, the latest version of this book. Okay, so that's one of the cool things about the Legal Boundaries by State book. It's a, it's a guide for American gun owners on state-by-state state laws, carry laws. Uh, if you're not familiar with it, you can check it out on our website at concealedcarry.com. Uh, we're able to update that multiple times each year, which is really important because laws do change. Uh, there's some other books out there, but they don't update nearly as frequently as what ours does. So, guys, make sure you check out the new Legal Boundaries by State book, again, at concealedcarry.com. We're going to give away a free copy of that this next week. Uh, so, sign up for the giveaway at concealedcarry.com forward slash podcast prize. And so with that, we need to let you go. And we're gonna, Matthew and I are actually going to be right back here in just a few minutes with a follow-up episode today. We have a tight schedule to get our two episodes done for the week. And uh, yeah, so st- stay tuned. We'll be right back here in a few minutes with episode two. For those of you that listen to the podcast audio only, it won't make much difference to you because these typically publish at different times anyway. But uh, it's been a busy week. I just returned from nationals. And so the schedule got kind of out of whack and it is what it is. So, guys, until next time, a reminder to what? Train right, train often, and train safe so you can fight hard, fight fast, and fight true. Take care.
reminder that laws vary from place to place, and we encourage listeners to seek local legal advice to understand applicable laws. The Concealed Carry Podcast, Concealed Carry Inc., ConcealedCarry.com, and their affiliates strive to share insights and stories about firearm-related incidents and laws, but things could be different where you live, or laws may have changed by the time you listen to this. We cannot be held liable for your actions based on the information shared in this podcast.